Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and joining me is LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. Alright, good morning everybody and welcome to Season 7 here on the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico and as always joining alongside is my good friend and co-host LPGA professional Cindy Miller and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. Happy New Year. Happy, yes, Happy New Year. This is of course our first broadcast of the 2020 season. And uh, I'm super excited for a couple of reasons. Always nice to be back on air, Cindy. But uh, as we were just telling our, our very special guest this morning, uh, you and I, if, if you recall, if we dial it back to late last season, in fact, our last show, uh, we reminded everybody that you and I had actually, after six seasons, had never met. So we said we were on a mission and we both... We both attend. Yeah, exactly. We both attended the PGA uh, merchandise show uh, just a few weeks ago, and for the very first time, we actually have met face to face. So, hopefully, I didn't disappoint. I know you didn't. So, uh, it was very uh, an honor to meet you. And I should also add uh, your husband, Alan uh, Miller, as well. And uh, you, you guys are, are just the best. Well, thank you. It was great to meet you too. And we did pick each other out from afar. So right. that was kind well, of cool. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm I'm pretty easy to, to spot. I'm six four, so I, I kind of hover above a lot of the crowd. But uh, it, it was great to, to actually finally meet, and and uh, I've I've uh, followed you for quite some time, even prior to uh, us doing the show here together. So I was very uh, grateful to have that opportunity. I know there will be more opportunities in the future to do just that. But um, uh, on that note, again, welcome everybody to season seven of the Women Golf. We're very very excited to, uh, for this season to be back on air. And uh, we couldn't think of a better way than to start the season off with this special guest, and you'll understand why. Uh, her name is uh, Debbie Wakus, and she is the speaker, author, consultant, and founder of Golf for Cause, uh, which is a great organization. She is also the tournament director for the Maryland Smith Scholarship Pro-Am, which is going to be coming out, uh, which is gonna actually going to be happening next month, and she'll tell us uh, more about that. Uh, she's also the past president of uh, Women in Golf Industry and co-founder of, of the National Women's Golf Alliance. Uh, Debbie innovatively helps organizations marry golf with their strategic objectives, or as she would say, turn golf into gold, and we're all about that. Uh, her book, uh, Get Your Golf On, is in its second edition and is available currently on Amazon along with the EWGA's uh, foundation book, Teeing Up for Success, which, of course, Debbie uh, is a contributing author. So, uh, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest this morning, Debbie Wakus. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. And I just thought it was a hoot, Ted, when you told me that you had never met Cindy face to face. I beat you to one thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were we were on a we were on a mission. Obviously, we had 
a lot of things going on that week and uh, meetings and appointments and things like that. But I said, Cindy, we have to make a point of of meeting. Uh, people are going to say, well, that's a little bit odd. In fact, it was funny because Allison Kurt, who I don't know, I think we all know, um, I actually mm -hmm. had never met. In fact, most of the people that have been on the show, I had not met uh, many of them in, in person before. And uh, as I was heading out the hall one of the days, Allison was standing there uh, near the stage. And of course, I recognized her right away. And uh, so I was sharing the story that Cindy and I had not met. And I mean, her jaw couldn't have hit the floor faster. She says, you've got to be kidding me. She says, you guys, you would think you're old buddies the way you talk on air and, and so forth. And I said, no, I said, just like you, I said, I'd never met uh, before. And uh, so she found it very, very puzzling, but uh, very uh, interesting story. So anyways, we, we have now officially met. And as I mentioned, we mentioned uh, uh, we've met Alan as well. So I was very, very excited to, to meet both of them. Um, Cindy, if you don't mind, I'm going to start off real real quick here, and then uh, I'll, I'll hand it back over to you. Um, Absolutely. Go for it. Yeah. Debbie, let's, let's, before we talk about the tournament, because uh, we got, we got lots of time this morning, um, explain a little bit of who Marilyn Smith was. Oh, goodness. Um, Marilyn was um, a, uh, obviously, she's a co-founder of the LPGA to start with. And she played uh, competitively when she was in um, in high school and in college. She was the Kansas State Amateur Champion from 1946 and 1948. And she she was just she was a leader, uh, uh, inspirational. She was a visionary. She never took no for an answer. She has a lot of firsts in addition to being a founder of the LPGA. She was the first woman to be a broadcaster for a men's tournament. She was the visionary and first person to put together a women's champions tour event or a senior tour event. Uh, she, she just, she was a leader in everything that she did and so gracious and caring uh, she had a, a sense of inquisitiveness that I think really, you know, it was so endearing that to, to endearing herself to others. Where, um, boy, Cindy, you could attest to this. She'd talk with you, and you'd feel like you were her best friend, and that you were uh, even a, a better friend than than the next person was. She understood everything. She, she, I'm sure, asked you about Alan all the time and asked you about how your teaching was going um, and where you got that gorgeous shirt you were wearing. And um, <laughs> I, I liked, I, I just, it, my experience with her is that we, you know, we chatted and we had this conversation as though we were sitting around the morning, um, the morning table having coffee and it just never stopped. And um, she, she just uh, lifted everyone up with whom she touched. And that could have been a friend. It could have been a fan who was gallerying at a tournament or even a volunteer. Um, and it certainly was the, all the members of the LPGA, including the commissioner and, um, and myself. She was she, a gift, a true gift. Yeah, yeah, she certainly was. And, of course, we had Marilyn with you 
uh, I believe it was two years ago on the show together talking about uh, her pro-am uh, tournament and regrettably of course as and for those of you tuning in that maybe aren't aware of course we lost Marilyn um, a little while back and uh, she certainly is missed by so many let me ask you something you know you mentioned obviously she was a competitor and and did so many other things and obviously had a lot of firsts that uh, she helped spearhead what do you think that she would you know if she was to reflect um, would she be I don't want to say most proud of but what do you think she would equate her legacy to? What do you think she would want to be most remembered for? A few things jump out for me, Ted. And one is the creation of the tour and the teaching division with the LPGA. Um, I think that um, her scholarship fund to her was huge. Um, And here's another first. She experienced uh, discrimination uh, gender discrimination when she she went to the University of Kansas and wanted to play in the intercollegiate golf tournament. This is in 1949, okay? And mm-hmm. there was no money for her because she wasn't a boy. And so in 1999, she established a scholarship fund to help girls to go to college, girls who played golf to go to college. And it wasn't for that they should become tour players, but she recognized the gift that golf brings to, to people with the ability to travel and connect with others and just having golf in your toolbox, whether it's for business, for personal or professional, um, it's the way that it can enrich your life. And so that, that scholarship to actually get the girls to college so they have a, a community, a um you know, a, a sisterhood of friends whom they're going to play with because all of them had to be on the golf team at least for the freshman year, and that still goes to this day, um, that, that that they would always have golf as an anchor in their lives. So I think that would be part of her um, legacy as well. But I also think of her values, and I, I have this thing on my desk. i got to pull it back out here. She sent – I. I keep uncovering things. It's amazing. She wrote letters uh, voraciously. And my husband actually tossed this over to my side of the office. He said, I think this one's for you. And it was actually for my son. And it was written 10 years ago for his 15th birthday. And it is a letter that that includes principles that she feels are important to life. And she talks about doing your best and honesty and being happy and patience of your parents and, you know, being comfortable and talking with them and find something special to you and the golden rule. Um, and she closes by saying, remember to always be the best person you can be. Be thankful for what you have, family, friends, God, and teachers. And this is her legacy because it wasn't always related to golf. She she truly mm-hmm. left this world a better place than she found it. She inspired everybody she touched. Yeah, I I would agree wholeheartedly. And you know, the thing that I really noticed too um is that she was very very humble. Obviously very wise and very knowledgeable about a lot of things. Um but she was very humble as well. You know, she wasn't somebody that you know, that necessarily bragged about herself or, you know, boasted about herself. She was very, I mean, obviously she's had a lot of accomplishments over her life, but, um, you know, she spoke uh, and from a humble uh, point, if I guess is, is the way I would put it. 
and uh, and that really says a lot about her her character and her values. Um, Cindy, go ahead. I know you've got some some questions you'd like to ask as well. I think the number one word that you would you maybe use if there were three words, the one of the top three would be selfless. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, what did she do for fun for herself? <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I. Yeah, I can't speak to that for her whole life. I only had her the last 10. Um, You know, we always, we're golfers, we want more, right? (laughs) Um, But, you know, in the time that I knew her, she was, I think her dog Benny lit up her life. I think that she, her connection with the girls was fun for her. She loved, loved, loved going to her favorite restaurant, Bella Luna, in Goodyear. Uh, she and, and going with other people. I think people, that connection with people was important to her. She loved sports. Baseball was her favorite. So watching sports, checking the box scores, um, and, you know, I think even taking pictures and going to Walgreens and having all those prints made and mailing them to people. <laughs> was part of her joy as well, um, keeping the post office in business. Um, they're, they're struggling. Their price of stamps has just gone up. So, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> That's great. Wow. That's great. She, you know what? Her smile just lit up the whole mm-hmm. room. Mm-hmm. You bet. I, and she That's truly, so you felt like you were the most important person in the world to her. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a gift! What a gift! That's and something ahead. we can all, some, I think, go something ahead. we can all take away and help and help others experience that too. A good, a good lesson for all of us. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and you know, it, it's interesting, Cindy. You make a, a very valid point. You know, when you see, uh, again, obviously, I, I've never had the pleasure of, of meeting Marilyn in person, but you know, when I see a lot of the photos and and a lot of the um, you know, coverage of her being interviewed, you know, she always had a big, bright smile on her face. She always, you know, spoke very eloquently and, and just really had a, a great demeanor. And, and you, you kind of felt like, you know, you, you wanted to kind of huddle in close and, and be, be around and, and listen to what she was about to say. And, um, you know, obviously she had great wisdom and, and great foresight. Um, what I want to ask you, Debbie, and again, I know you have limited time, that uh, you were with her uh, compared to her vast career. But from what you know of her and, and from what you've heard about her, was she a tough competitor out in the golf course? Was she somebody that was, uh, you know, aggressive, that really hunted for the lead? Or was she somebody that sort of waited back and kind of waited for that opportunity to sort of, you know, uh, come forward? Well, Cindy, you might be able to help me with this because I don't think it was either. Um, I think that there was a competitive streak when she was younger um, because she was always an athlete and competitive and the tomboy. And God bless her parents for nurturing that in a girl in the 1940s when that was not cool. Um, But for her, I think it was more about building a tour and that – and seeing it as a business, the records that she kept were – uh, it, it's so impressive and overwhelming. It's it's incredible uh, on not only 
the, to the detail of what they ate and what they spent at, at various hotels and restaurants and on fuel and, and, and a variety of things, but even about the people and what type of person that person was. And competitively, she has um, index cards that we've uncovered that on, on every player during her time. Just amazing things to, just because they were building a business. They needed this to survive especially when babe passed but i think that you hear you hear stories about how she'd be chit-chatting with someone in the crowd and the next thing you know she actually walked all the way past her ball so she was clearly not <laughs> as focused on the sport <laughs> on the game um and i want to say it was about five years ago during a pro-am at founders when we were driving around and Suzanne Pedersen was speaking with us, and she hopped on the back of the cart in between holes, and she asked Marilyn what she missed most about the tour. And Marilyn, of course, being Marilyn, said, well, gosh, isn't that an interesting question? No one ever asked me that before. So she, of course, turns it around to make it about the other person rather than about herself. That's the selfless part, Ted, that you brought up. Mm-hmm. Um but she said what she missed most were the girls. She missed the girls. Mm. Wow. So I think, you know, a lot of it was that camaraderie and that sense of um, they were they were making something happen and doing something, right? Making it be- right. bigger and better than themselves. But she did take pride in a, in a lot of those wins. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's funny that you mentioned, you know, her walking past her, uh, you know, her golf ball because she was engaged with with the crowd, and it reminds me really uh, a little bit of, uh, and, and I'm not necessarily trying to draw the comparison, but um, uh, you know, really of Arnold Palmer because he was very engaging with the crowds. That's why he was so beloved uh, in the golf industry. It's because of his his personality, his engagement with with the you know the, the people that that followed and and really adored him. I mean, a lot of people did. Um, as they walked up, you know, outside the ropes, as it were. Um, now, you mentioned, I know you talked a little bit about the, the scholarship fund. Um, now, again, just maybe sort of cover it briefly, and then I want you to talk about the tournament itself. What What's going to okay, tournament well, ways, of course. Uh, but just talk a little bit more about the scholarship fund. Well, the, the scholarship fund, she, Marilyn established that in 1999. Um, again, with the vision of getting girls to college because it was important in her mind that that girls get an education. Um, the thus far, we we in, we've been doing the last several years thirty five thousand dollars scholarships, which is impressive. These are all going to incoming freshmen to get them basically to get them there. Once they're there, they're kind of now now the seed has been planted, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, thus far, I think we have given out, we've awarded $988,000. So in wow. 2020, I think we're going to go over the million-dollar mark, which is just such a lovely, lovely story. And the main source of funding for her scholarship fund over the years has been a pro-am that basically the proceeds go to the scholarship fund. You know, in addition, Marilyn could talk your ear off and swindle $5 out of anybody to have <laughs> <laughs> donate to, 
to her scholarship fund. Um, but, you know, she's not here anymore to, to keep swindling, so we have to channel our inner right. Marilyn and make that happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so when when is the tournament? When, the, when does the tournament actually take place, and where is it going to be held? So we have a lot of new things, a lot of firsts this year. The tournament in the past had been in Goodyear, Arizona, where Marilyn lived. And actually prior to that, I think it happened a few years in Texas when she lived in Dallas. But um, a couple of years ago, we made the decision to move the tournament to be part of Founders Cup because our tournament, number one, had been going on longer than Founders had been. And to me, without knowing that Marilyn was at, at nearing her, you know, her 90s, that this she wasn't going to be around forever, People don't say no to Marilyn, and I didn't. I, I don't have that same capability because I'm not Marilyn. <laughs> so right. moving it to founders to me is, you know, it's like a succession plan. It's it's the ability to have her scholarship fund go on to, into into perpetuity as long as found, the founders cup is going on. So the part that we didn't plan on was Marilyn not being here for the first, for the first one, because this was, right. this was our next move. And boy, was she excited about it. Um, it is on March 15th. It is the Sunday prior to the tournament. So it will tee off the week and the tournament itself is in the afternoon at one thirty, where the shotgun start played on the tournament course with all the signage and the volunteers and the whole deal. And in the morning from 10 until 12, we have what we endearingly call the Sunday tea. Now in prior years, we had uh, the Sunday tea on Sunday, obviously, and then the tournament was on Monday. And this year it's all combined. And the Sunday tea is really more of a meet and greet. It is a, this year it is actually a brunch and Ron Syrak, who is an amazing journalist and true uh, gift and supporter of the LPGA, he will be here to interview some of the players, including Shirley Spork and Kathy Whitworth and Gloria Errett, who is Marilyn's choice to be the participating honoree this year. And then we'll also have a few tour players because this year the tournament will have a tour player in each foursome. Oh, Not, wow. Um, in the, so it, it's going to be, you know, a, a lovely elevated event. So the, the Sunday tea will happen before golf. The players who are participating as well as non-participants, people from the community are welcome to attend as well. And then um, we'll move on over to, to the golf course. And I think Shirley's going to hit the commemorative she and Gloria will hit the commemorative first shots for the uh, for the week, and and then the off, and then off off they'll go. We'll also have, and this is uh, a really nice addition this year, Ted. The memorabilia components from both the World Golf Hall of Fame and various collections, including Maryland's and Shirley's, will have items there. Yeah along the lines of a museum, if you will, to continue to tell the story about the LPGA in a timeline. We will have, during the Pro-Am, we'll have images of significant pieces of memorabilia out of the course, along with LPGA 
mostly teaching professionals who've been involved with the event in the past. They'll be historians to talk a little bit about what those items depicted are. So there will be a museum that's tied closely where the merchandise tent is. And then also inside the JW Marriott Desert Ridge Resort so that the people who are actually there for business meetings who aren't already drinking our Kool-Aid, they'll, they'll, they'll be able to have a vision and get some understanding about the fact that there's something special going on outside and that has happened. So we're trying to grab in some new fans, if you will. But that museum component is will continue now every year. So this is the, the tee off for that as well. Very good. Well, I think she will, in her own way, um, one way or the other, will finagle a few uh, dollars, if you will, for a great cause. Um, I think that's fantastic, and and what a what a great way to to honor um, you know the legacy of Marilyn Smith. Um, Cindy, uh, go ahead. So, how do people? Is the pro am full? Are there professionals playing? Give us the inside scoop in case some of our listeners would like to participate. How can they help? Well, they can help. The first off, the the tournament website is msmithproam.com. msmithproam.com, and there is. There are portals there for if someone wants to volunteer, if they want to sponsor, if they want to play, if they want to go to the Sunday tea, if they want to make a donation. All of that is available right there. Some of the tour players that have committed, Sandra Gall, Stacy Lewis, Elena Sharp, Anna Nordfist, Angela Stanford, um, no, I'm having a brain moment. I know we've got a couple rookies that are that have jumped in as well. Uh, the list the list keeps growing every day. We have, as Ted knows, we have a a deadline on the commemorative program of February 11th for ads and content. So the the rush is on now to get all the players because we have to put all their we put all their pictures into the program and whatnot so we're 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 getting close to to having everybody identified and is the pro is the amateur component full the amateur component is not full we're nearly half full at this point so there's there's still room and we'd love to have people come and participate what's the cost to play in the pro-am for an amateur it's $2,500 a person or $10,000 a foursome. Perfect. Awesome. Very, very good. Um, and we, we will um, relay that information again um, at the end of the, the show. Um, very quickly, um, Debbie, if you can hang tight, we're going to take just a, a, a brief opportunity for a message uh, from Cindy, which she will queue up. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, your book, uh, a little bit more. You've just uh, released a second edition. We'll talk about that and more uh, when we come back. Uh, Cindy, go ahead and cue us up. Well, this is the perfect timing and uh, spot to do this as we're discussing how you can use the game of golf as a business tool. So have a listen. Everyone knows business deals are made on the golf course. Knowing how to act is just as important as how you hit it. As an LPGA professional and corporate trainer, I offer workshops, 
seminars, and executive retreats to teach you how to do both. From the back nine to the boardroom, improve your team from the inside out, or Golf 101 for Executives might be the perfect fit for your team. Maybe it's time to make some deals on the course. For more information, go to CindyMillerInc.com. All right, and make sure you do that. Go to CindyMillerInc.com at the end of the uh, show. Wait, because we got a little bit more here to go, uh, and uh, you can reach out to Cindy Miller um, there. Um, for those of you uh, maybe tuned in a little bit late, uh, we are with our very special guest, Debbie Wakis, who is the tournament director for the Marilyn Smith Scholarship Pro-Am, which is taking place uh, next month. She was just telling us a, a little bit about that. Um, but I thought we would, we would shift states a little bit um, because we want to give you an opportunity to talk about um, your book, Get Your Golf On, which is now in its second edition and is, of course, available on Amazon. So tell us a little bit about that. Tell us first off, let's back it up for those that maybe aren't familiar with the book, um, what the purpose of the book is. Well, the book is basically a guide for getting in the game. I am not an LPGA teaching professional like Cindy. I am a person who came, learned golf late in life and came out of the corporate world. Um, I was dragged out onto the golf course, and I never thought golf was even a sport. So from the perspective of that new golfer and how to dip your toe in the water and taste some success and develop some relationships around the game um, and build your confidence and feel like you belong at the party, um, the the book is, is basically a huge welcome mat. So it's all of those soft skills and how to handle yourself and what to be aware of so that the Cindy's of the world can go ahead and, and teach you the actual skill set part um, as you, you know, to improve your, your game in, in that regard. But it was really designed to be a welcome mat to help build confidence and demystify the game so that you might want to actually try this. And the res, it resulted out of a program that we ran for nearly 20 years called Nine and Wine Golf Mentoring, where we would pair up three whether they were non-golfers, never-evers, or rusty golfers, or just golfers without confidence, with a mentor in each group. And as they played, obviously things happen, whether things reveal themselves about rules or etiquette. The mentors were not necessarily instructors, but rather just people who love to play golf and have the patience to help someone else along the way. And along the lines, they think things would happen, and they would take notes, and we'd come inside afterwards for food and beverage, and we'd go through the lessons learned. Each of the mentors would share a couple of things and celebrations, and we'd bundle all of those things up in a summary and send it out and say, actually, here's what we talked about. If you want to know more, you can come back, and here are other steps, next steps. And we ended up with a huge library of these lessons learned, if you will, and terminology that would trip up people and basically put that all together and made the book, wrapped it with some stories and testimonials from people about why they love golf or hate golf and how they came to it. <laughs> and the second edition actually includes some content from some instructors, for example, Sandy LeBeau, included some content about when you want to 
buy new clubs or what a new set would consist of as far as from today's perspective versus the perspective mm-hmm. 10, 20, 30 years ago. Shirley Spork provided content. Marilyn Smith wrote a forward for the book, as did Pam Wright and there and others. So we, we beefed it up with some business golf and some betting games and the new rules that just a little, it became a little bit of a community piece, if you will, that, you know, gosh, it would, it would really be nice if you could include X, Y, and Z. Well, you'll find X, Y, and Z in there. And there's a fun glossary in the back of the book, which I think uh, is pretty helpful. And, it just it's a it's it's a welcome mat. It's a welcome mat. You know, it, it's interesting, um, you know, Debbie, really when you talk about the book <laughs> excuse me, you know, there's a lot of people as you said that are very new, new to golf that maybe don't understand the game and this is a great way of, of really giving them sort of a sneak peek at what's you know, what's involved not just in playing the game but just some of the other areas like etiquette and, and things like that, that they maybe aren't familiar with. And I think there's a lot of people as Cindy would attest to that, uh, again, are new to the game at, at all ages and really don't understand um, what's really behind the game. It's not just a matter about hitting the golf ball around the golf course. There's a lot more that goes into it. And I think this is a great way, as you said, an introduction uh, to the game for a lot of people um, either before, during, uh, or, or a re of their golf game uh, when they're working with you know instructor like Cindy um, and Cindy I know you've you've uh, talked about this a lot as well with with people uh, you know that you bring uh, on the tee box if you will particularly from the corporate world that want to get in and have found a, a you know a, an opportunity to to be more involved with their companies in golf tournaments and things like that why don't you talk about Cindy if you wouldn't mind just a moment um, some of the things that you um, believe are important for people just coming and starting in the game? I think they that it's imperative that you understand that no one really cares how you play. They care how you act. So I think most people are so apprehensive and fearful of looking silly and embarrassing themselves when if you just know how to take a half swing and bunt it down the middle of the fairway, and you know where to walk and what to do and how not to step in somebody's line and not stand directly behind them when they're swinging, that um, you're going to have a great day. If you if you tell people, you know, I'm brand new, I don't really know what I'm doing, so please help me out if I do something I'm not supposed to, the more humble you are, the better. Um, yep. And please don't act like you know more than you do. Because oh, yeah. you'll be identified. You'll yeah. You're you're <laughs> revealing an awful lot of things about yourself on the course, and and again, Debbie and I both understand how important this is. I wrote a book called Golf 101 for Executives, just to you know make sure that you know what you should not do, and then it, no one cares how you play; they care how you act. Agree, Deb? I totally agree. And in fact, if you don't mind, I I have a little passage that Nancy Lopez Mm -hmm. provided in the book that I'd just like to read real quick, if that's okay. Sure. Go ahead. She says, of of course, many people who play golf struggle with consistency because they aren't playing often enough, but they shouldn't be Mm -hmm. too hard on themselves. When you're playing twice a month or every three weeks, your goal should be to hit a good shot and then another good shot. When you do hit a good shot, be excited about it, happy about it, even if it's only one shot out of ten. Enjoy the effort and embrace that you hit a good one. 
it's proof that you can do it. And if you play more often, you'll do it more often and develop consistency. That's your goal. Hit one good shot, and you'll keep coming back to the golf course to hit more of them. Right yeah, on. Some great, yeah, some great words from, from Nancy Lopez. You know, I, mm-hmm. I mentioned um, a while back, Cindy, you may recall this. I, I equate, you know, what we see with a lot of amateurs as going to the airport, you know, pulling their, their luggage, if you will. Um, a lot of golfers bring baggage from, you know, the last week they were out or last year when they were playing at their corporate event. <laughs> and they're just, you know, remember, you remember that, Cindy? Um, and it's true. They're just, they're bringing all their baggage and they're thinking about what happened, you know, the last time they played or, like I said, at a previous event. And instead of focusing on shot by shot, you know, you, you only have the moment, you know, whatever moment you're in. And so what happened, you know, earlier in the round, what happened yesterday, if you played uh, or last week is irrelevant, that, that score is gone. So let's focus on the moment. And I think really that's what Nancy's trying to say in in her message as well. And what a great, uh, some great words from uh, another champion uh, from the LPGA. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Cindy, go ahead. And I know you uh, probably have some more questions for Debbie. What else can you tell us about the day? So what do people do? What's the format of the Pro-Am? Let's try to book this all up and fill the Pro-Am. Oh, thank you. Um, so first off, with the day that we'll start with the Sunday tea, which will, as I had mentioned, will be at the property of the Marriott, and there'll be the meet and greet, there'll be the display of the memorabilia, and Ron Syrak will go through a program of interviews. We'll have We'll have some food and beverage, clearly. And then we'll go through, we'll walk through an area which will be, we're calling it the sponsor garden, where we'll have signage from all of the sponsors basically placed there from from past years. So a little bit of a walk down memory lane for those who have been there before. They'll enjoy that. And those who haven't been there before are certainly going to be wowed. And We'll have the commemorative tee-off with Shirley and with Gloria Eretz. And then the event itself is a scramble format and for amateurs along with an LPGA Tour player. And depending on how many players the uh, LPGA Tour provides, we'll have either just one player with the group the entire time or there'll be two players, uh, nine and nine, if you will, which is just uh, an incredible experience for an amateur to have two LPGA Tour players. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we'll play, and, uh, in, in, again, in a scramble format with the five players. And a really lovely treat. We have commemorative golf bags that were made for every player, uh, Marilyn Smith bags. Um, mm-hmm. And those were done by Orca Golf out of uh, out of. Fort Lauderdale, and you may already know them. And the bags are going to be placed on the perch on the 18th tee, or 18th green rather, as the players come through. And the tour pro will go ahead and autograph each bag for the player, and then those will get switched out for the next group coming through. So we'll get the perch in play, which is the area that the pioneers and the founders sit at during founders couple week when the players come through they always meet and greet the tour players and the pioneers they, they kind of all get together and have their 
their love fest out there and their words of encouragement and appreciation. So we'll get the perch in play with these beautiful golf bags that each player is going to receive. And and then afterwards, we will have a an awards ceremony that will probably wrap up relatively quickly because it's a long day. And they will we'll have some again some more food and beverage. We'll actually have the Maryland Smith beverage out there, which is a lovely story unto itself, which was a uh, an outgrowth of the Dow tournament that happens in Michigan. A group of children from the junior achievement all competed to have a some sort of a business idea tied in with the LPGA since that tournament was new. And the winning submission was a group that partnered up with a bottling company and came up with a beverage called the Maryland Smith, which is a twist on the Arnold Palmer, but with pink lemonade. We actually have a tasting tomorrow for our local group here. We're so excited. And so we'll have, we'll have that. And, um, we're trying to figure out how well that goes with vodka. Are we allowed to talk about drinking this early in the morning? <laughs> you certainly can. You certainly can. It's okay. <laughs> uh, you know, Marilyn loved her Stella beer, but you know, this is not a. Uh, it's not a beer. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, we'll we'll have a little bit of food and beverage afterwards, and and celebrate and we you know have some lovely gifts for the winning teams and whatnot and then folks will be on their way and we'll have started off the week of founders. Very cool. Well that's I think awesome. that's yeah, I think that's fantastic. And um you know I, I think it's always great to um not just honor somebody like a Marilyn Smith but to pay it forward, and I know that's what she's most was you know most excited about. It was not really about me, you know, and what I've done and that. It's about how can I do something for the future generations, and obviously that's the purpose, as you pointed out, uh, mm-hmm. Debbie, for the the scholarship fund is to allow other young women to have the opportunities that that she helped and and the other founders of the LPJ um, wanted to ensure that that their legacy would continue on. And I think that uh, she's done a great job, and you've been really a, a great spokesperson for Marilyn. Um, you know, when we met at the show uh, here as well, which again, uh, as, as with Cindy, I had never met you either, uh, but you've been on the show a number of times and you're always welcome back. Um, you know, it was very, uh, it came across, um, you know, very easily just how much you really appreciate um, who Marilyn was as a human being um, and, and not just uh, somebody that, that helped found the, uh, the LPGA. So it was very, um, a very wise choice and in, in her having uh, you in that position, and I hope you will continue to do that. Um, just one more uh, thing before we go, um, if you wouldn't mind, uh, Debbie, just to remind everybody um, where they can go to get more information if they're interested in playing in the tournament uh, or if they're just interested in supporting it in some way, what's the best way for them to do that? They can go to M. Smith Pro Am, M is in Maryland, msmithproam.com. And there's also a Facebook page. So you can basically search for Maryland Smith Pro Am, and that will come up as well. And if you want to share that with others, that would just be fabulous. And I'll send it, that to you, 
head into Cindy so that you can share that out to your your networks as well so that we can get some okay. chatter going on that. Um, okay. And a, a, a quick tie-in with the book, a portion of the proceeds goes to her scholarship fund as well for with the book. So it's a it's a little love fest. Golf is good. Yes, it, it certainly sure is. is. So. Yeah, so on that note for you listening to the show, and we will make a point of, of reaching out and, and letting the folks know that, uh, go to Amazon.com and search for Get Your Golf On, which is Debbie's book, uh, second edition out now. Uh, by all means, get a copy not only for yourself, but get a copy for a friend or several friends. Um, it's uh, not only a great book, I have a copy and I have read it. Um, I had uh, also read the first edition as well, but I've uh, read the second edition now too. And uh, it's uh, certainly, as she pointed out, uh, some of the proceeds are going to help the uh, Marilyn Smith uh, Scholarship Foundation. So it's a uh, very worthwhile cause, though we hope uh, that you will get out there and support it. Debbie, we want to thank you very much for joining me now this morning on our first show here on our seventh season of the Women of Golf. You're always welcome to come back and, and share uh, some great stories, uh, not only about Marilyn, uh, but also just some great uh, golf stories as well. We appreciate all that you do. Oh, Ted and Cindy, thank you so much. I, I so appreciate you um, not only having me on, but wanting to keep Marilyn's legacy moving forward and sharing sharing her good work. Absolutely. Well, we're, yeah, we're glad to help. Debbie, have a great, successful tournament. Uh, much continued success. Good luck on uh, round two, if you will, of Get Your Golf On. Don't forget, folks, go to Amazon.com. You can find it there. And uh, anytime uh, you need our help, uh, Debbie, um, don't hesitate to reach out, okay? Thanks so much, Ted. And Cindy, thank you again You're and again. You're welcome, honey. Have a great day. All right. Thanks, Debbie. All right. That was our very special guest, Debbie Wakus, the tournament director for the upcoming Marilyn Smith Scholarship Pro-Am, which is taking place uh, alongside the Founders Cup, which will be, I believe she said, uh, March 15th. Uh, things will be kicking off, uh, so you want to uh, um, check that out. And as I said, the um, website is msmithproam.com. You can get all sorts of information if you're interested in participating in the tournament or if you're just interested in supporting it uh, in some way, you can do that. And again, go to amazon.com and you can check out uh, the second edition of Debbie's book, Get Your Golf On. And you can also find on, which uh, we didn't get to mention too much, but uh, she was also contributing author uh, for the EWGA Foundation book, Teeing Up for Success, which is also available uh, at Amazon.com. Cindy, I thought we would just take a few more minutes. I know we're getting close to wrapping up here, but um, as we mentioned, you know, we were both down at the PGA uh, merchandising show here just a couple of weeks ago. Um, just interesting, uh, you know, I as as I'm sure you were, I know you were very busy with a lot of meetings and I had a number of appointments myself the week that I was there, but I did get a chance to to look around a little bit. Was there anything that caught your eye? Uh, did you get a chance to, to walk the floor much? And, and if so, was there anything that stood out? I did not. I did walk the floor, and you know what? Not really. I, I, I What I did purchase was, yeah, I hate to say that, but I – I don't look at lots of clubs. I look for new training aids and teaching aids. Mm-hmm. I look at the clothes, of course, and the shoes. I did see some shoes I want. Um, I went to San Soleil. I went to Canona. Um, 
And then I purchased Operation 36 for our academy. And I'm really excited about that. Operation 36 is a, what is it? Well, it's really like an online platform. And it mm-hmm. gives you curriculum to teach anyone, you know, any age to start and learn how to score and play golf. So I'm very excited. We've got an onboarding call tomorrow. Uh, what they believe is everyone should start at 25 yards away from the hole, and your mission is to shoot 36. And then once you get, you do that, you move up to 50 yards away, and then 100 yards, and then 150, and then 200 yards. And the mission is to shoot 36. So they have an online platform for all your students, and they keep score, and there's a leaderboard, and it's all kinds of fun stuff. So we're going to use it with the kids, little kids and big kids alike. How about you? <laughs> Um, well, I saw lots of interesting things as well. And uh, before I, I, well, actually, I'll mention that, and then we'll we'll mention one other thing that I want you to to let the folks know about something that you do uh, every year. We've talked about many times on the show. Um, you know, I didn't really look at a lot of the equipment either, as far as the the clubs and stuff. I mean, you know, it's yada yada yada. It's kind of, I mean, I hate to say this, but it's kind of the same. You know, new big drivers and uh, you know some different irons, and it's always interesting. But as I've always said, that the equipment is not what makes the golfer. It certainly assists the golfer, but you know, I want them to understand and learn how to play the game first uh, before they go out and, and spend uh, you know, money on, on all this, uh, you know, the fancy equipment. I noticed a lot of golf simulators uh, this year. Again, uh, in fact, there were scads of them, if you will. Uh, I did walk around a little bit and see a lot of great uh, clothing. I stopped by. Uh, we've had her as a guest, and, and I reached out to her. She's going to come back on uh, this season. We haven't nailed the date down yet, but uh, Susan Hess, the founder of Golfini, uh, who's been on the show, she's uh, very, very excited. She, uh, this was really interesting. Uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to her much at the show because, I mean, she was literally so busy every time I went there. Um, but this was her she, – she did an announcement on social media that this was her 15th year at the PGA show. So she is obviously – somebody that has benefited greatly from the exposure. And of course she was uh, pretty much uh, in the center of, uh, it's a big hall for those of you that have never been. And and, uh, she's always got a a very interesting and fresh line. And when she comes back on, I'm going to see if she started working on a men's line yet, because Lord only knows we need some help out there too. Uh, There were a few booths that, uh, that had some men's line there that uh, I don't think I would want to wear, but, and I'm not going to name names. Cindy, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but I'd like to see that uh, happen a little bit more for the men, but um, a lot of great things, a lot of very interesting uh, gadgets, something I don't know if you noticed this or not, and I didn't realize there were as many there, um, but the the hot craze or trend um, in, in everything, not just golf, is this CBD oil uh, and different products that are supposed <laughs> to be, yeah, yeah. There, I talked to somebody that was there, and there were 19 exhibitors um, representing some form of, of product uh, in, the, in that category. And what was really interesting, they were all either creams or lotions or potions or what have you that uh, help with aches and pain. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to – oh, I mean <laughs> – Hopefully they're not listening to the show, but I mean, literally it was a a veritable hocus pocus. I mean, I don't mean to make light of it, but I'm, I'm still, you know, on the fence and, and uh, you know, there's, there's, it's been in the media a lot, obviously over the last couple of years about uh, some of the benefits of CBD. 
products and uh, I've never obviously used any of them, but um, they say they swear by it. Uh, a lot of the people there. So it's interesting, but it was kind of a, I was surprised when I walked into the, to the hall the first day uh, of the show and I saw this big sign because I just happened to go in that entrance and uh, just shortly in, I just saw CBD and I thought, well, okay, maybe this is a, you know, a, a golf, uh, company or something like that and as I got a little bit closer and realized what it was and as I said I believe somebody had told me there was approximately 19 exhibitors so obviously I think there's something to it I don't know what it is but it, it bears uh, a little bit of uh, closer examination if you will so we'll see but it, it's supposed to be as I said from what some of them I talked to a few of them uh, some of the ointments and the creams and stuff like that are supposed to help uh, for people that have issues with their joints and, and uh, muscles and things like that. So I don't know if it works or not, but it was, it was kind of interesting. So that was uh, something I noticed. Um, and I think also, too, um, and she is going to be a guest on the show coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, Gianna Rogis uh, was there. Uh, she's referred to as the um, um, one-handed lady golfer. Uh, she's been on the show before. Of course, she was... Uh, born with uh, a disability and she's been really um, really working the golf industry if you will to try and bring attention to um, many of the folks and she was on uh, Cindy you may recall a couple of years back and she raised some very interesting stats uh, that she had gotten from Clemson University in, in South Carolina and that was there are approximately uh, 10 plus million people in the United States that have some sort of uh, physical disability um, that are really not being uh, pursued, if you will, uh, and understandably, uh, you know, so from the golf industry as far as um, getting them interested in the game and getting to play. And I think it's really the industry didn't know up until now really how to approach it because obviously some people have some severe uh, disabilities. So she's out there as a spokesperson and she's doing a great job and she's going to come back on in a couple of weeks and talk about that, some of the, the strides that she's made and some of the new partnerships that she's making in the golf industry to really help bring, because that's a, that's a whole different demographic, both men and women. Um, and she's spoken to many, many of them um, out there. Uh, and there is a, a strong interest in people wanting to participate in this game. They just don't know how to start. So she's helping them do that. So we're going to talk about that. So that was another thing that I saw um, while I was there, I spoke to her, and, and we've got her coming on in a couple of weeks on our show, so I'm very excited about that. Um, I, I think really what really impressed me um, the most about the show this year, because I hadn't been, in, as you know, in a few years, was the diversity. Um, there was a, 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 a big diversity in different types of industries, um, even more so than I think I've seen in past years. What, what did you think about that? What do you mean? Well, it was just well, the CBD oil was one. I mean, I never expected to see that. Well, but it was just, so here's the catch. You know, I, so let me just back up because the LPGA Legends Tour has got a partnership with a company called Harmony Hemp, which is a CBD oil. Yeah. And so yeah. for those, and, and I'm going to help represent them. So they sent me the stuff, and I've got arthritis in my fingers, right? And I had a shoulder issue, and I got to tell you, the stuff makes it easier to swing. <clears throat> so since the LPGA Legends Tour is partnering with them, because my son was like, "Well, make sure this is safe," you know. 
right. and it is, or <laughs> you wouldn't be eligible to play. You know, you'd get DQ'd. Anyway, so I'm going to do that. They were not at the show, but, yes, they were everywhere. As far as diversity, yeah. I think I think the big thing with all companies right now, and I didn't really see it at the show, but diversity and inclusion is a huge big deal. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, – and I think it, it, it's like anything, you know, uh, the, the golf industry, of course, is not immune to it. All industries have, have felt this. I think that they're trying to find ways of, of, you know, I think that the message has always been everybody is included and, and should be, but I think sometimes the delivery mechanism sometimes has not always been the best. And I think that the golf industry is, is trying to lead that charge, if you will. I know many, many people have, have spoken about it. I talked to people at the show. Uh, there are a lot of very interesting things that I saw at the show and, um, you know, obviously uh, people that watch the Golf Channel got to see uh, quite a bit of it, so I don't need to go through it all. But there was some interesting things uh, for sure. And I, of course, will uh, be back there next season to uh, to do some more things. But um, uh, it, was, it was an interesting show, so I'm looking forward. One last thing before we go, Cindy, uh, I know you've got some boot camps coming up. Why don't you share uh, a little of the details of that, when they are, and if there's still some room available. We only have room in the April boot camp, which is April 15th to the 19th at Orange County National Golf Club in Orlando, Florida. So if you are interested in boot camp, send me an email, cindy at cindymillerinc.com. And also, if anyone out there is interested in free golf tips, go to cindymillerinc.com forward slash improve and sign up to get all my free golf tips. It doesn't cost anything. Very good. That's right. That's one of the very few uh, things in life that is free, and it's well worth it. Uh, I can guarantee you that. Um, Cindy, it's been a lot of fun starting off uh, our our seventh season here. I look forward to uh, many of the the guests coming on, and we're going to be gearing up here very shortly as the Symmetra Tour season starts up in March. I think it's uh, around the 8th, 6th to 8th, I think it's the first tournament of the season, uh, which is going to be held down in Florida. So we'll be looking forward to uh, having some of the young ladies again uh, coming on the show as they win the tournament. And uh, there'll be a few that uh, may not win, but uh, have some interesting stories to share. So we're going to bring that to you here on the Women of Golf. We hope you'll continue to tune in uh, each and every week with Cindy and I. We look forward to hosting you here and having some great guests. So on behalf of Cindy Miller, I'm Ted Odorico. Thank you. God bless everybody for tuning in and for supporting us. And um, here are some great ways that you can tune in. Uh, to the show. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Have a Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Castbox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, Check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.